Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is Ken Blanchard, a renowned speaker, consultant, and best-selling author. Um, currently serves as the Chief Spiritual Officer of Blanchard Companies, and he's the co-author or co-authored The One Minute Manager back in 1982, and some 40 books or so uh, later, uh, he is releasing TrustWorks Again, co-authoring uh, Trust Works with four, uh, four Keys to Building Lasting Relationships. So, uh, Ken, thanks for joining me. Well, good. My pleasure, John. Did, did I get that number right, somewhere around 40 books? Well, somebody said it's over 50 now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still having a lot of fun, so I, I've stopped counting. Well, it's well the publishers say, you should do one every three years, and I said, you know, I'm not doing it for you. I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, um, an incredible body of work uh, uh, for certain. So I have not read all 50 of those books, but I do know a number that I have read. Uh, you, you chose or you choose the, the parable style, um, and, and TrustWorks is, uh, is very much in that as well. So you want to talk a little bit about why you um, um, prefer that style and, if, and, and what you think the reader gets from it? Well, you know, John, I've just found over the, the years is that if you tell stories, people get into the stories and don't sort of say, well, where's your research on this? Right. <clears throat> you know, where's this and that? And they, and they get into it. And, and uh, that uh, when I thought about uh, the, my favorite books, they were the Jonathan Livingston Seagull and mm-hmm. the Little Prince and Ogmandino's The Greatest Salesman yeah. of the All and... And then when I met Spencer Johnson, he was a children's book writer. He wrote this whole series of books for kids on value tales, you know, the value of honesty, this, this uh-huh. story, Abe Lincoln. And, you know, uh, and so my wife met him first and brought him over and said, why don't you guys write a children's book for managers? They won't read anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, since he was a children's book writer and I was a storyteller, we chose parables and and I think it just really is interesting, you know. Jesus taught by parable in the in the Bible, you know, sure. and, and uh, you get a kick as I was going down Broadway about a year or so ago, and all of a sudden I hear this guy yell, "Blanchard, Blanchard!" You know, I just come running down. Is a guy from from I think Kansas, Kansas City. Oh yeah. Uh, with a friend of his, he said, "Could you tell him that dog story? You know, <laughs> you told you know." And I used to tell a story about, you know. Why punishment doesn't work, you know? I said a friend of mine called me, and they got a new dog. Wanted to know what I thought about the way they were house training their dog. And I said, "What do you have in mind?" I said, "Well, the dog drops a loaf, we're grabbing him, shoving his nose in, and pound him in the tail with a newspaper, and then throwing him out the window, you know, into the backyard because that's where he's supposed to do it." And I said, "How's it working?" And they said, "Well, now when he grabs on the floor, he just jumps out the window, you know." And <laughs> This guy had never forgotten that story, you know, and, and he remember about punishment just because of the story. That, that is a great story. So you you have written and your company does a lot of leadership training uh, around this idea of trust and uh, the the book trust. Uh, works we're going to talk a little bit about today, but you know I've I find that and, and I've I've actually I, I actually coined my own definition of marketing about ten years ago, and I think it's actually become more more true with each passing uh, year for the small business anyway. And I, I've said for a long time that uh, the definition of marketing is getting someone who has a need to know, like, and trust you. 
And, yeah. Oh. I, and and again, I, I I firmly believe that's the game that that we're in. But the problem, uh, of course, and you address this in the in the book, that trust is really a relative thing. I mean, everyone yeah. knows it when they see it, right? But everyone yeah. sees it a bit differently, don't they? Yes, and Cindy Olmsted, who I wrote the uh, book with, uh, uh, she'd been studying it for about twenty years, and she'd ask people, you know. Describe somebody you trust and what are their characteristics, and describe somebody you don't trust and what are their character. And she got all different answers, and that's why she developed this A, B, C, D uh, kind of concept of trust. And then the first one, you know, if you talk about, you know, somebody has a need that that you can trust, is A, which is ability. Do you have? They think that you have the ability to deliver you know, what you promised you. I mean, you have the skills and. In that area, it's a competency issue, and we tend to trust people we think can do the job. Uh, B is believable, which is uh, a character issue. Do they walk their talk? You know, if they say, you know, we got the highest quality product, you know, do they really, you know, uh, or is that just a slogan that somebody has told them to do? And C is connectedness. You know, how do you feel about the individual or the group in terms of you know, do you feel some emotional attachment? You trust some attraction. To them, we tend to trust people that we kind of like, and, and then finally, D stands for dependable, which is, uh, you know, if they say they're going to deliver it to you on Monday, uh, do you get it on Monday, or this is, is there keeps on being delayed and that kind of thing. And so it's an interesting thing that that uh, uh, it is, and we divide the book into two parts. One is, you know, is a parable, which is a fun story about a cat and a dog, and and a parrot and a gerbil and a goldfish that live in a family and uh you know the cat and the dog are always fighting and and one day the dog chases the cat and he jumps up on the dining room table and breaks all the silverware pulls the tablecloth off and the master of the house is furious and goes in the living room and says if you don't start getting along i'm going to get rid of all the animals and so the parrot calls an emergency meeting <laughs> full of them animals uh and they teach the Cat and dog got to get along while at the same time the family is learning about trust in their own ways. And so it's just a fun way to teach the ABCD uh, model and, and, uh, and a fun way. And then the second part is what does this mean to you, including a self-analysis instrument that you can fill out and say where are you on those four variables. And then it ends with an uh, instrument that says am I trustworthy, which is really fascinating to give to people and say, you know, given this role and all, where would you rate me on these things? <laughs> yeah, well, so, let's uh, let's dive into a couple of those, and I appreciate you, you setting that up. I was going to ask you to, to to set up the story of Wolf and Whiskers, and uh, um, by the way, I I have a cat that I could lend you at some point if if you want to use for a, a an evil character in one of your books. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, are there really ways to become? I, I, this is sort of a set-up question, because I, I know from reading your book you believe this, but uh, what are, so I'll ask it a different way, what, what are some of the ways that people do the, become more trustworthy? I mean, that, I, I think that's, that's obviously the goal of what you're talking about. Yes, and I think the first thing, uh, uh, John, is, is to find out, you know, where you're falling down with, uh, with somebody, you know, and, and <clears throat> one of the things we hope with the ABCD is that you'll be able to have a, a discussion with somebody. And so we have a, in the back a number of little case studies where there's a trust issue and like with a parent and a son and, and all where you can actually say, you know, I get a sense that you don't trust me, you know, and I'd love to 
have you look at these uh, things and even fill out this little instrument and let's talk about where am I falling down? And because I think the first thing is to admit that there might be a problem and you know what, you might be the cause <laughs> and where you've fallen down on, on that. And, and so <clears throat> that begins the discussion of, of where are, are you on this and, and what could you do to really rebuild it uh, and, you know, the thing that's interesting, though, I think, particularly in the workplace, and, and now that you bring it up, certainly in, in, in the home, I think, as well, is that, that I think real trust is built on mutual respect. I mean, would you yeah. say that that's true? And, and unfortunately, in a lot of workplaces, you know, I'm the boss, you know, you're the, you're the employee, you know, or I'm the manager, and so you have to trust me, or you have to respect me, or at least you have to act like it. I mean, how do you, you know, obviously that doesn't make for a very healthy working relationship, does it? No, in fact, that's, that's why we got excited about uh, the trust uh, concept because it so fits in with our our leadership stuff. We've been doing a lot of research on, you know, the relationship between employee work passion and engagement, you know, and customer loyalty and organizational success. And and it, it's really driven, really, by, you know, the relationship that you have with, with uh, your supervisors and your managers, a lot of it, you know. And do they create an environment of trust or... Do they act like it's my way or the highway? And uh, what it does is it it motivates you to kind of, you know, say, thank God it's a Friday, you know, and, and not give your all where if somebody builds a relationship up and you really trust them and you know that uh, you trust them, uh, you know, it's a mutual trusting thing. Boy, you'll, you'll do anything for them. And now you really go out of your way because you'll also take care of the customers, which eventually take care of the bottom line. And I remember um, years ago I had a conversation like this with Stephen Covey, and um, he said something that has stuck with me to this day. You know, there's a lot of conversation about being trustworthy and, you know, all the things that you do, you know, like you've mentioned some of them, you know, some of them are able, believable, connected, dependable. But uh, uh, sometimes I think people forget that we have to extend trust to others as well in order to sort of build some of that. And I think you cover that in the parable very well. Yes, and I think that's just uh, so true. Is if uh, if you want somebody to trust you, you got to also give them a little slack too, you know. And uh, and that uh, you know, mistakes are learning opportunities, not mistakes, you know. And so if something happens, then you can say, "Gee, what can we learn from?" that rather than, you know, how do I beat you up? Yeah, my, my dad had a great saying. Uh, he used to, when, when my brothers and I would start, you know, pointing fingers at, fingers at you know, why something went wrong, <laughs> and he would say, uh, you know, fix the problem, not the blame. And, that's right, uh, you yeah. Know, I think that's such a, um, such a great way to look at things. So, so as I read this, I, I think that, that it's the easiest interpretation, because you do a lot of leadership uh, training, I think, is for the, the manager to the employee and vice versa. But I, I really think that you could, uh, it's not much of a stretch to extend this as the company to its, uh, its customers either, is it? No, I think that's a, that's a really important uh, thing. And I think that's where it ties into what you were saying earlier about, about marketing. You know, can you really trust uh, yeah. somebody? And I, I think that's just uh, so true, you know, because today, you know, think you have the ability. Uh, to deliver a high-quality product, you know, and do they think you're believable, and, you know, how do they feel about, you know, the salespeople and the people they're connected with, and and uh, are you dependable, you know? Do, you, do they get what they want, where they want it, and when they want it, you know? Um, absolutely. So um, talk about some of the 
classic ways that uh, I think you call them trust busters, but uh, that that we erode or or kind of withdraw from the bank account of trust. Well, I think you can look at each uh, each one, you know, and and so when you talk about uh, you know ability, how do you how do you erode your your ability trust? Well, is uh, you know you you do by you know not following through. Uh, not uh, completing tasks, not uh, um, you know uh, taking initiative. And I, I would add to that not being clear about what it is that you really bring as value too. I think yeah, where people really get themselves in trouble is to say, "Well, sure, we can do that." <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so you just uh, you, you have to. That's what I think is really fun is to look at. Uh, you know, you can fill the instrument out yourself, right. see where you fall down, and then go to that area because under each of the ABCD we have trust builders and then trust busters and you can look at you know uh, what are the busters and say oh yeah I guess that one kind of nailed me uh, there and then okay how am I going to build that up because it's usually the the opposite kind of behavior. Now in the in the book you have tools are there some online tools or resources too that we should know about? Uh, yes there are and I think uh, that uh, I don't have it with me right now, but there's got to be a, a website. But you can go on uh, KenBlanchard.com, our company, and uh, look for trust. But I think uh, I think it's uh, TrustWorksBook.com. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure. We, I should have I should have looked at that myself. But we'll we'll make sure we put it in the show notes too, so people can have okay. that um, as well. But but you're right. I have been to KenBlancher.com, and you do have um, you do have a path for people to find it uh, yes. uh, through through that as well. Um, talk to me a little bit about you know how a company. And again, you know, because I think a lot of times people get blindsided; they don't realize why they're the low cost leader <laughs> or be, or why you know they're, comp- they're they're they have churn in their customer base i mean these are these are obviously you know, signs of something right and so you know are there some classic ways to know if you've got trust issues well i think the biggest way is to stay in close uh, communication with people and and uh and ask them it's really interesting i we were at a restaurant the other day and a because the manager comes over and said, hi, I'm the manager. Is everything okay tonight? You know, and of course we said, fine, and all, which really means he didn't want any data, you know. Right. And uh, where when we train restaurant managers to go around, we say to them, uh, you come to the table, hi, I'm Ken Blanchard, I'm the restaurant manager. I wonder if I could ask you one question. Is there one thing we could have done differently tonight that would have made your stay with us so much better? Yeah. You know, in other words... You want to ask questions where you got a chance to get some because feedback is the breakfast of champions, you know. And uh, so we we teach our salespeople and all of our people to constantly say, "How are we doing? You know, is there anything we can do to serve you better?" Uh, and just be open to that. And when people uh, give you feedback, uh, the first thing you need to say is, "Thank you, God, that's really helpful." Is there anything else I should know? You know rather than get defensive and try to explain why it happens and all because it doesn't matter yeah it's it's um it's amazing you see you see companies do that they get defensive and then and then people just stop telling them but they just yes. go to a different restaurant don't they <laughs> no that's that's right yeah, you know yeah, and yeah. i i love you know steve always said you know seek first to understand you know and then you act later on but first listen you know and, yeah 
Well, if God wanted us to talk more than listen, he would have given us two mouths. <laughs> so um, how do you fix trust issues? And, and I know you talk about that, and, and you even have the assessment and the, and the ways for people to you know, start communicating about trust, which is probably step number one. But uh, um, do you have any, any sort of tried and true advice for somebody that says, okay, we need to fix this? Well, I think that the biggest one is to own your part in that, you know, and not kind of point the finger at somebody recognized with three fingers pointing back at you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, is, is to say, gee, I, I sense we have a trust issue, and, and I, I know I must be a, a big part of that. You know, could we talk? And it's that, that, that kind of honesty that people like... Uh, Colleen Barrett, who was the president of Southwest, and I wrote a book with her called Lee with Love. She has a wonderful saying. She said, people admire your skills, but they love your vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I think if you will uh, be vulnerable with people and say, gee, I think I might have made a mistake and I played a role in this and not put it on them, uh, then I think you're going to start to get the feedback and the discussion going because they really feel like we can talk. Yeah, probably one of the more popular books out there right now is a book on vulnerability by uh, Dr. Brene Brown, um, and I, I think you're you're right. Uh, I, I think that when you go to believable, sometimes it's a lot more believable to say, "I don't know the answer. <laughs> Let's yes, figure right. it out." <laughs> yes, yes. Um, let, let's. Um, I, I wonder if you have an opinion on trust building in the digital age or trust eroding in the digital age. It used to be when, when you and I would sit across from a desk from each other and I could read your body language and I, I knew what you stood for and, and we had a conversation, even a frank conversation. Um, in many cases, uh, I think people felt like, okay, you know, I know where you're coming from, uh, that, you know, that, that type of feeling. But a lot of times now we fire off this same sort of frank email and there's so many ways to misinterpret and I, and I wonder if that leads to a lot of trust issues. Yes, I, I think people got to learn how to use email. And, and uh, if I really have some feelings or some things to share, um, well, I, I don't want to do it over email. I, I use email to you know, share you know, general information and to you know, answer general questions and, and all. But I, I try to not uh, you know, get all kinds of things uh, involved there that could be misinterpreted. I mean, nowadays, you know, you could say something and all of a sudden, boom, it becomes viral all yeah, over. Right. It's like <laughs> they say, you know what Ken Blanchard said to yeah. me, you know, and, and uh, so uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's, that's kind of a scary uh, thing about how quickly things can get communicated. Uh, and also that's why I think you got to be careful about... Uh, about what you what you put in email. Well, yeah, of course, it, you know, you're a public figure, and and so you're you're an easy target for people to criticize and say things. And and you know, I get I get those emails too from people, and you just you kind of think, what you know, what planet are they on? But you're you're best not to respond at all. <laughs> for yes, sure. I've, you know, I've gotten criticism stuff, you know, in terms of I have a lead like Jesus ministry, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. religious rights. Say I'm a New Ager disguised as a you know, uh, Christian and all, and, and I get some really wild stuff. And <laughs> I just always, my response is, I send, I'm sending my prayers to you. <laughs> yeah, right. You right. know, yeah. Yeah. you just can't, don't. Can't get don't in trouble like, with that response. No. It's, <laughs> 
Um, talk, one last thing. Uh, I wonder if you have an opinion on I, I have a very strong opinion on this, but uh, um, I think there is a very, very deep correlation in business uh, to the, the asset of trust and profitability. Oh, absolutely. I, th- I think it, it uh, goes hand in hand. And if uh, you lose trust with your people, they're going to mistreat your customers and you're going to lose trust with them. <laughs> and the whole bottom line gets taken uh, down. You know, I, I think that profit is the applause you get right. for creating a trusting, you know, uh, wonderful culture where people can be the best they can possibly be and in the process take care of your customers. It's the applause uh, you get. And I think where we get in trouble with trust issues is when we act like the only reason to be in business, which Wall Street kind of pushes sometimes, is to make money. Mm-hmm. And then the customers are, you know, well, I guess their pros be important, but your people are exchangeable parts. And boy, that comes off really uh, uh, clearly to people. And then that, that plays out with your customers and the whole thing. It becomes a vicious cycle. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um have said long and uh, many many times that uh, that your employees, your people, are, are treating your customers exactly the way they're being treated. Um, and, and Absolutely, think- yeah. They, uh, you know, I used to talk about bicycle leadership. You know, when you bend your back to those above while you trample those below. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. sometimes you know they start they hit you from the top and boom, all of a sudden. And then who's the front line people who get to hit? They get right. to hit the customers. That's, right. that's all it's like. And that's why it's so much fun to to fly southwest and to see that whole uh, culture that uh, they've created yeah. there. You know, my uh, just a side note, I, I think some of the other airlines are getting it. I think I, I've noticed a real, um, I fly a lot, as I know you do, and, I, and I'm a big southwest fan, and I just it seems like the last couple of years some of the other airlines are finally uh, coming around. Yes, I think they're really getting to realize uh, that uh, there's, a, there's something there yeah. Maybe they ought to take care of their people because, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I remember one time, you know, on a, one of the big airlines that I've yet to fly a lot, and they took away the pillows, you know. Mm. And I said to the stewardess, I said, you know, why did you take the pillows? She said, well, I lost my retirement. You know, <laughs> you know I mean, she could care less about yeah. the pillows, you know, because she was getting beat up at the yep. other end. Yep. Yeah, that was... And, uh, uh, yeah. It was rough for a few years with those guys. Well, Ken, thanks so much. This was a, a pleasure. A great book, Trust Works, Four Keys to Building Lasting Relationships. Something that you, there's they're very, very meaty ideas, but it's something that, that was can be delivered. And I think I, I read it from front to back on a uh, fairly short flight. Um, so it's it's an easy read, but uh, full of uh, some, some great ideas that uh, can be very practical and can be applied. So I appreciate you stopping by. And well, good. Thank we'll, you, John. We'll, I appreciate we'll, it. Enjoy right. being with you. Take care now.